The sun has set. We've got about half an hour until dusk. The sky is glowing outside. I can see it out the window. It's the perfect time to get witchy. We're going to be gathering herbs from my garden. I've got a big metal kitchen bowl. I'm going to fill this up with all kinds of goodies. So let's get outside. up in the sky and the light is just so that everything seems to actually glow a little bit more than usual even brighter than during daylight it's one of my favorite times to be outside and the cats agree they both came along let's get some tools and let's get into it So what's this whole wedgie thing? It's not just a vibe. I promise there's a reason. Uh, waiting to gather your herbs until it gets darker or it's not f in the full light of day is kind of important because when you harvest any herbs, you're just cutting a plant open. You're actually creating wounds in the plant. Long term, it's not bad for a plant. In fact, getting herbs harvested can help plants grow more fully and healthy. So harvesting herbs is great to do but if it's hot like it is right now and it has been pretty hot up here in portland you don't want to do it during the middle of the day because um, the sun can damage the plants more or the plants might divert water to try and heal up the wounds and so it puts a stress on their system so it's just recommended for the health of the plant that you gather your herbs not in the full light of day therefore it makes gathering herbs even just a little bit more witchy. I always feel like gathering herbs is kind of fun and sort of old school black magic, like gathering your ingredients or your, for your potion. So I go on that trip myself when I gather herbs. You don't have to, but it makes sense why folklore would have uh, women out there gathering under the light of a full moon Maybe it's the rhythm of the full moon. Maybe it's just that it's super convenient, that it's light or as bright as it can be at night when they're looking for herbs in the woods. Um, but either way, I think there's some wisdom in that folklore and I try and stick with that. In keeping with our theme, I'm gonna be gathering some of my witchiest herbs. I have a little bit of a kitchen garden going on by our garage and in it, I have stuff that's fairly run-of-the-mill and more savory. I've got thyme, oregano, um, but I also have some stuff that I've started planting that I use in something I call patio tea. And patio tea is a great way for me to brand for my husband and for guests something that sounds intentional but is largely accidental. 
I just kind of gathered together all the herbs that I think are going to be cool to put in tea during the winter. I grow them all together, I dry them, store them together in a bag, and then that sort of mishmash of whatever grew that season is what I call patio tea. It's a very romantic way to talk about something in the winter, especially when you don't have that much patio time. The main ingredients in my patio tea are obviously mint. I just love mint, it's great for digestion. But this year I've been playing with some additional things. I started growing borage and skullcap and I think they're really cool ingredients so I'm excited to put them into the tea. Let's get the borage plant first and I'll tell you more about it. So we're at this borage plant and it is kind of cool looking and a little gnarly. It's got hairs all over, it's got these really droopy flowers and these kind of wrinkly leaves. Uh, it has a little bit of a Dr. Seuss vibe to it. Um, but that's not the reason I chose it, although it does fit with my overall theme for the back. Um, it first off is a nitrogen fixer which is great because that means that it's actually taking nitrogen out of the air and putting it into the soil who cares plants care nitrogen is an element in most fertilizers but when you have plants that are nitrogen fixers in the mix that means that they're enriching the soil without you having to add chemicals in terms of its usage as an herb borage is lovely because it helps with relaxation and helps with digestion. And its leaves and its flowers all have a really lovely kind of cucumbery taste to it. So once I dry them, I think they'll be a great ingredient along with mint in a tea. As with any pruning, when you're harvesting herbs, you wanna make sure that you're cutting just right above other growth on the plant. What that does is that gives the plant somewhere to grow from wherever you've cut it. This borage plant is also prolific. It has been growing like crazy. I really need to kind of cut it back a little. Okay, I think we've got enough borage. The bowl is almost full. And as I was cutting, I ran into a cute little spider. And I didn't want to destroy his home completely. So, in the spirit of our episode, we'll leave him where he is. On to the next herb. Next 
next up, we're harvesting Skullcap. I actually, until this season, thought Skullcap was a mushroom. And then I saw it in a nursery and was like, oh, well, that's cool. My experience with it had been with teas. It doesn't have much of a flavor, but it has very relaxing properties. It's really leafy. It honestly, if you were just gonna think of like a plant, that's what it looks like. It's got fairly normal shaped leaves. They branch out, they have tiny little flowers. But it's also good for digestion. It's not a coincidence that a lot of times when you're reading about herbs, that herbs that are good for digestion are also good for relaxation. I'm not an expert, but from what I understand, our digestion and our anxiety are actually very, very closely connected. Your brain and your gut are deeply connected by a lot of nervous system stuff. And that's why even if you think about things, sometimes people say you had a gut feeling. It's because there's so much nerve activity in your stomach. But some people call it the second brain. So when your mind is overactive, your stomach can be, and vice versa. a little bit of a, a little bit of a minty smell to it. Hey there. Good oh, morning. Can you hear me? Yeah. So <clears throat> I caught you in the middle of some plant chores. Yes. Yeah. I um I give my plants a shower. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's uh, really good. I, I live in a dusty environment, so I like to um, give them a shower so that I can clear all the dust off and they can breathe better and they look prettier. Yeah, exfoliate the pores a little bit. I'm going to neem again today for my plants. Oh, my rosemary was like decimated. Well, the cat's away, the mice will play it all. Oh, from your time out here? All the spider mites in the entire uh, Willow Bend said, "Hey, she's gone. Come on over." You know. So, mm. anyway, what's our topic today? Or are well, you going to reveal? No, it's uh, it's interesting that we are talking about rosemary. This week we're actually talking about herbs. Mm. What are what are some of your favorite herbs to grow? I'm an herb enjoyer, I guess I would have to say. Herb appreciator. I'm, herb appreciator, yeah. Um, man, one of my favorites, of course, besides, have to have basil, at least one type. Um, and the basil and the mint are always out there. The parsley regenerates, you know, every couple of years have to renew. Lavender is always growing and flourishing. It's, I'm now getting my fourth lavender flower harvest um, of this summer. 
Oh, that's awesome. How do you keep your lavender blooming? Well, <laughs> it's a little, it's one of these things where I, um, I take my cup of tea and I listen to music and I pull up a little chair so I'm at the right height to clip my lavender and I clip right above where um, you have the lavender blossom and then the stem goes down and then you have these two leaves come out and new lavender is sprouting from there, new lavender flowers. So I judiciously cut um, above those new ones. So I always have lavender flowers. You've got quite a ritual going. Well, I know, it, but it's so enjoyable. Um, is it? What are you? Uh, what are you listening to? Is it Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> I have been listening to um, kind of pop. Uh, it's a Spotify kind of thing. And it's play, playing a lot of uh, Lady Gaga, Ed Sheeran, you know, stuff like that. Oh. Yeah. What what Lady Gaga do you listen to? Well, it's whatever Spotify themes I should listen to while I'm putting my lavender. Um, so it's just been a, a mix of stuff. And then I go to my road trip mix that I made up of. Music from like the seventies and eighties, and you know a lot of CCR and different things like that. So I I go between the two. What do you do with your lavender? Oh, the lavender I make sachets. So um, I'm always like right now on my counter. I have a little basket of the. Um, of the flowers that I picked a few days ago, put them in bunches and hang them upside down in a dark closet, you know. But yeah. then I put them in a big bowl and then I just kind of slap them <laughs> against the side of the bowl and all of those beautiful little buds fall out. And then I make sachets or I put them in tiny cute little jars and give them to my friends to use. Nice. How often do you refresh your sachets? Like, is that kind of like... Yearly. Thin agrees. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, totally do that. I mean, Every year. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Last herb for the evening. Completing the trifecta of our witchy herbs is catnip. You gotta have some herbs for your cat familiars. So I believe there are herbal uses for catnip for humans. I'll be honest, I don't know them. I grow this exclusively because Agnes absolutely loves it. Weirdly enough, um, only about a third of cats actually respond to catnip. One third of cats don't care about catnip. One third of cats like it, but can do without it. And then the other third freak out. And Agnes is a catnip fiend. 
She can't get enough. Catnip is a member of the mint family, the salvia family. So like any mint, don't plant it next to anything delicate or small that you don't want it to take over. That little sneeze was Agnes putting her face in the catnip. Now she has to wait about 30 seconds until it really kicks in, and then she's going to be wilding out. Like any other mint, you want to chop it if you see it growing flowers, because that means it's not going to be putting energy into its leaves, it's going to be putting energy into making seeds. leaves so that your cat can go on a hallucinatory trip. Yes, I guess I know. It's starting to kick in. Her eyes are looking wider. <laughs> that's her that's her on the mic. She starts to get really affectionate. Yeah. yeah, we're all friends now. Yeah. This is the first stage. The second stage is her chasing imaginary prey. And then kind of rolling around in the live catnip. She really gives into the full experience. Oh, she runs. So I've got three full kitchen bowls with really vigorous looking herbs. What do I need to do before I can put them into a potion? Well, my go-to is just hang drying. It's really simple. You can do it in a basement or a closet or anywhere that isn't with direct sunlight and you want it to be relatively dry. An easy thing to do is just to make them into little bundles, put a rubber band around the end of the bundle, loop a twisty tie through there, and then you can arrange the bundles on a hanger and put it in a closet, or you can put them really anywhere that you can wrap a twisty tie around. It's really simple. Um, and around this time every year, my closets and my basement start to look kind of frontiersy, but I really like it. It also smells great as they dry. So with the moon turning more yellow and the crickets chirping and an eerie breeze beginning to blow through my neighbor's apple trees, I think we can call this evening of witchery a success. If you're curious to see what the little bundles of herbs look like as I hang dry them. I'll post a few on Instagram. We are Fresh Clippings. 
Do you have a witchy friend who likes to play with potions? Or just make tea? Send the show to them. Thanks so much for joining us on Plant Time. This is Tofer for Clippings, and we'll see you in the garden real soon.